We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. The Bulls are finally at the All-Star break, and they do it at perhaps the most depressing time to be a Bulls fan of the season. The Bulls have lost six games in a row. They fall to the Milwaukee Bucks 112-100 on Thursday night for a season-long six-game losing streak into the All-Star break. Uh, Jason, it's real bad right now. It seems unbelievable that just, you know, a couple weeks ago, this team had a chance to pull to 500 in a game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, We had some hope that something might change as the trade deadline was approaching, but how foolish we were. The Bulls, of course, did nothing at the trade deadline. I'm happy to say they've been properly shamed for it by pretty much anyone who gets paid to talk about the NBA or just any fan of the NBA around the league. Uh, everyone pretty much realizes how pathetic that was for the Bulls to just stamp at the trade deadline. And it's truly hilarious that since they've made that decision to do nothing, They just keep losing in increasingly humiliating fashion. Now, of course, the Bulls do not have DeMar DeRozan right now. Alex Caruso also out last night. Uh, But just some pathetic efforts lately. Will they blow a 24-point lead against Indiana on Wednesday night? This has been a trend for the Bulls over the last, uh, you know, few weeks. They are blowing 20-point leads, like, constantly. Uh, I'm sure Arturis Karnaschovas will be happy to say, well, we're building big leads. We just can't keep <laughs> them off. Uh, it's really bad right now, Jason. Me and you have been talking all year about how ah, this team's not really bad. They're kind of mediocre. And the numbers will still sort of say that in terms of the point differential and some other stuff. But Jesus, there's no spirit on this team. There's no like competitive fight. And it looks like a team that, is just ready for the whole season to be over. So Bulls, as you head to the All-Star break, you know, do you really have to come back? I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> Most of the fans 
of this team don't want to continue to watch this stinky product. So just take take the rest of the year off, Bulls. Sim to end, sim to the offseason, and then we can have the worst day of the year after such a bad year, which will be when the Bulls lose their top four protected <laughs> first-round draft pick to the Orlando Magic from the Vooch trade. So, Jason, it's all bad right now. How are you feeling about the team at the moment? Where, where do we begin? First of all, let's let's give a shout-out and a RIP, a sky point, a pour a beer out, to the TNT Bulls, hashtag TNT Bulls. That was one of our last things we had going for us here. 20 straight regular season home wins on TNT. They were, of course, on TNT last night against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they got their fucking ass beat. Despite Giannis basically leaving the game after, what, like half a quarter? I think he played like nine or ten minutes and then left. No Chris Middleton. I know the Bulls had no, no Bobby Portis, no Pat Conton. They were missing a bunch of guys. They were missing their top two guys, basically. I know the Bulls were missing DeMar and Caruso was out, and they have their own list of injuries. But you're on your home court. It was setting up for you to maybe steal another win against Milwaukee. And they ended. They were down 25 at one point in the fourth quarter. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 33 points. You got Javon Carter out here torching you. I think it was A.J. Green, I believe, hit five three-pointers. Just like... They're no-name guys just absolutely killing you. About the only bright spot was Dale and Terry doing some stuff, and he's had a few nice... He's like one of the few bright spots just in general with his Bulls team with some of the energies in the last few games. But overall, absolutely terrible. Since we re- we recorded our last podcast, I believe, what was that? After the Nets embarrassment, right after the trade deadline. Uh, since then, we have that cat at Cleveland they lost. They scored 89 points. They blew a lead in that game. A complete meltdown in the fourth quarter. Versus at home against the Magic, they'd already lost at home against the Magic earlier this year. I was at that first game. That was the Zach Levine benching game. Uh, they got down big. They came back and then choked in the, at the very end with some missed free throws. And I think Jalen Suggs did a big three. Just a total like inept, low energy performance. Ninety one points. They lose one hundred and ninety one. Just another t- a terrible game at home. Like no serious team which is playing for the playoffs comes in like the way they've been struggling and just lays an egg like that against a magic team that did not play very well either. Uh, you score 91 points. And that was after where they had 89 in Memphis they had 89 against the, in that Cavs game and then 91. And then the Pacers game, as you mentioned, this is the second time that's happened in like two or three weeks. The Pacers have won like three games in the last month or so. Two of them are 20 plus point comebacks against the bulls in Indiana. And, Bulls come out on fire. Twenty, they go up thirty nine fifteen after the first quarter. I think they were up twenty something at some point in the second half, um, and then they just blew. It was like the same thing. It was basically deja vu from that last Pacers game. They just completely fall apart down the stretch again. No DeRozan in that game, and that was missing. But still, I mean, no excuse. You go up twenty some points on a bad against a Pacers team that's kind of been mailing it in lately, even with Halliburton back, and you blow another. You blow a twenty four point lead. You end up losing again. Uh, and then this game again, this Bucks game yesterday, um, just nothing. I mean, they they were kind of competitive, pseudo competitive. They were kind of within striking distance, and then the Bucks just blow it open in the fourth quarter. Uh, and it's six in a row now. After all this time, after that whole Timberwolves debacle when they dropped to eleven and eighteen, they gave up one hundred fifty points. And then there was this narrative coming out where the, you know the Bulls are playing better and like they've got they picked up some big wins and they got close to five hundred. Now they're right back they're seven games under 500, 26 and 33 at the all-star break. They are two games out of 10. I mean, as of right now, like they are probably going to miss the play in tournament. I all season long, I've been convinced that they were at least going to make the play. And again, as you said, that they're not that bad. Like they're very mediocre. They're one of the most mediocre teams in the NBA, but they're not that bad. 
Right now, they are that bad. They just fucking suck. And they, it seems like they might not make the play-in. And at this point, that's probably for the better. Uh, w- with where they're going and just kind of where these this team is heading, like, the pick is pop, top four protected. If they get to five, I think they're, what, a game or two ahead of their, like, just ahead of the Pacers, and then they're, like, another game or two ahead of Orlando. If you get to five, what is it? Is it 42% chance to keep the pick if you get to five? Right. Yeah. Um, at this point, you're almost maybe we should start rooting for losses. I hate rooting for losses and tanking because it's just cowardly and awful. But like at this point, it's hard to get excited about anything with this team. Uh, why like but why even bother winning games at this point? Like maybe they sneak in, maybe they make an addition, uh, and they sneak into the plane. But I mean, they're not going anywhere. We know they're not going anywhere. They're not good enough to beat any of those top teams, even if they somehow got in the plan and if they somehow made it through the plan. The plan right now is Toronto, who's looking better lately, and they got Yaka Pirtle. The Wizards have been playing much better lately. The Hawks have been kind of mid all year, but whatever. And then I think the Knicks are still seventh, or the Heat might be seventh now. It's like Miami, Brooklyn, and New York are those teams. Like Bulls aren't better than any of those teams. So it's almost just like what the what's the point? Might as well lose. They're, of course, they're going to say they're going to try to win. And Billy was going, you know, like our goal is still to make the playoffs. And AKs, oh, we're, we still want to make the playoffs. But man, it is honestly, it's almost perfect that they've just completely tanked out like this in this last week or two after that deadline. Just uh, after a shameful deadline, as you said, and where everybody reamed them. I mean, basically, multiple columns in the days after about just how just a complete lack of seriousness from this front office. Um, if you look at the athletic, we've talked about it. Our guy Matt at uh, uh, Bloggables has talked about it. Uh, just, just, just total lack of serious not to make any of these moves. Uh, and now it's all blown up in their face. AK doesn't seem to know what he's doing when he talks. He doesn't sound like he knows what he's talking about. Uh, I'm not going to say fire him because I don't think he's not getting fired. But uh, he is he has dug himself a pretty deep hole of shit right now. And there's just not that much to get excited about. Like I said, I mentioned like some Dale and Terry flashes. Pat's been pretty bad in February. Like he had an okay game yesterday, but like Pat is kind of whatever. Vooch, who cares? Zach has been had some big scoring games, but again, f- some faltering down the stretch in games. And he was bad against the Bucks. So it's just like, there's just like, and with the draft pick stuff, they don't have many much draft capital. They could still lose their pick. So I mean, just if they whatever if they fell to five and then they they didn't move up at all and they lose that like a number five pick. I mean, that is just a total disaster season. The absolute worst case scenario uh, that could happen, and that's probably what's going to happen because that's what's been the deal with your Chicago Bulls lately. Is just so much bad happening. <laughs> is this as bad as it's ever been since we started the podcast? We started the podcast after the Jimmy Butler trade, and truly, that was a franchise altering event for the Bulls. Because if they could have re-signed Jimmy Butler to another contract, uh, you know, they would have had a top 10, top 15 overall impact player on the team moving forward. And yeah, they botched it the first time they tried by getting Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo and starting the three alpha eras. Well, right now it's like we're back to the three alphas era. But it's but worse. Worst best player. And we have no draft picks. Yeah. Moving forward. So this team is just totally stuck. It's almost impossible to find any sliver of hope for this team. You could say, well, you know, they have some good players who are valued around the league that they can trade, get back assets, and try to retool. The problem is they they kind of 
totally blew it already by not doing it at the trade deadline. Like, yeah, there will still be opportunities to do it in the, how much are you getting for DeMar? Like in the off season, DeMar, (laughs) DeMar's trade value is absolutely at its highest at the trade deadline. A team trading for him would have gotten two playoff runs with him before you had to make a decision on his next contract. You know, now DeMar's a rent when you trade him over the off season and you just wonder how that's going to affect the package. Uh, you know what I, I've been thinking about lately? How nice would it have been for the Bulls to get the package the Nets got for Kyrie Irving for DeMar? And that was Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a 2027 unprotected first-round draft pick. Now, I don't know if Dallas would have forked over the same package for DeMar that they did for Kyrie, but DeMar's a lot less volatile than Kyrie. DeMar had another year of team control. Uh, Kyrie's a free agent after this year. DeMar's under contract next year. And that would have been a perfect sort of like halfway pivot for the Bulls, because what are the issues on this Bulls team? They have terrible point guard play. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie is a pretty good shot creator. He's a pretty good point guard. He's an above average starter. He would have been a fit there. The Bulls have no wing depth. They have no shooting. Dorian Finney-Smith would have checked both of those boxes. Dinwiddie can shoot too. So you just would have balanced out the roster a lot more with two solid veteran starters for DeMar, and you would have got a pick to give you some hope for the future in terms of like actually getting this thing going in like a contender direction. Uh, I would have loved that trade for the Bulls, but they didn't do it. And that's why when, you know, we hear people like Casey Johnson go on podcast hits and say, well, we don't know what was out there for the Bulls. Of course, we don't know what was out there, but I can promise you there was something out there for the Bulls and the Bulls did not work hard enough or did not have the creativity to pull it off. And the other thing I'm getting fucking pissed off about at this point, Jason, is like, how can you say Karnaschovas is doing a good job when he's just pissing away roster spots with Marco and with Tony Bradley? I mean, that's just totally inexcusable. Those guys have not played the entire year. Those guys are only on the team because they played last night. (laughs) It was convenient to keep them around on the team. But those you only get 15 spots on the roster. Those spots are very, very precious, even at the end of the roster. Dorian Finney-Smith, who I just mentioned, is a guy who was an undrafted free agent who was signed to the last spot on the roster for the Mavericks way back in the day and turned into a really good 3 and D player. Uh, the Bulls don't have a 3 and D wing on this entire roster. It's a roster that just doesn't have the pieces you need to compete today. And me and you could go back and forth and we can talk about, you know, everything that's happened to the Bulls since they built this iteration of the team coming into last season. The big thing that sank them, obviously, was the Lonzo injury. You can chop yeah. that up to bad luck. But at the end of the day, dude, like, you can't continue to make excuses for Karnaschovas because he's had opportunities to pivot. And AK should know Lonzo's status better than anyone. If his plan is really to just keep this team together and hope Lonzo Ball can rescue them next year, that's a fucking terrible plan. And it seems like that is his plan because he said he wants to re-sign Vooch. So, like, you know, maybe there's a Zach trade coming. Well, to me, Zach would be the one guy I would keep. Uh, I would absolutely trade Zach for the right package. I would not give him away in the salary. Certainly, he makes quite a bit of money, and you know it might even be beneficial for them to salary dump him. But you know he can shoot. He's one of the better off-ball scorers in the league. He's in the prime of his career. He's about to turn twenty-eight. Uh, so I would 
you know, maybe Zach would be a guy I would keep and then wait to trade him for the best possible package because his value is probably at its lowest right now. But Caruso and DeMar and Vooch had their value at the highest and they just chose to do nothing. Why did they choose to do nothing? Because the Bulls still believe they could get into the eight seed and that's all the Bulls aspire to do. They're not trying to win the championship. They're just trying to make the playoffs every year. It's fucking pathetic, small-minded bullshit, but that's what ownership wants. They don't want another teardown. They don't want another rebuild. But you have to be able to see the deck that, you know, you have to be able to play the hand you're dealt. That's the card analogy I'm looking for. (laughs) And yeah, while this team was pretty good for the first half of the year, last year when Lonzo was healthy, it's just not the same team anymore. And now we have more than 12 months of evidence that this group fucking sucks together. They need to do something drastic to change it. So I'm not even necessarily advocating for a full-scale teardown, though I would totally be in favor of it if they were to do it. There is nothing on this team worth holding on to. I mean, seriously, like what on this team are you like, yeah, this guy can be a serious building block on a good team. We've just never seen that with really any player on this roster. But you got to do something. Yeah. If there were opportunities for them to do something, they chose not to do it. So I think Carter show this, like the evaluation on him has to focus both on his construction of this team in the first place and the risk reward that he weighed in his head to build this team in the first place. And then like what he's done since then, which is nothing. And I just find it to be incredibly lazy that Marco and Tony Bradley are still on the team, wasting <laughs> valuable roster spots, because the only reason they're on the team is for convenience. It was just easy to sign them. It was easier to retain them than finding new players and to put in the effort to scout and to sign contracts and to get new guys. Uh, this front office is lazy. They don't work that hard. I think Arturis Karnaschovas has a bad eye for talent. At this point... Patrick Williams is a top five pick. Very underwhelming. I still have hope for Pat. He's only 21 years old. He'll be 22 this summer. Still think he has a bright future in the league. But you're potentially heading to a contract situation with Patrick where he might be getting $20, $25 million a year based primarily off where he was drafted. Uh, You know, if you're complaining about how do you build a good team when Lonzo Ball's making $20 million a year and never producing, well, he's not even playing Pat has at least played every game this year. But, you know, that's going to be another thing that you're just going to have to get around in terms of team building. Like, Pat, if you keep him, is most likely going to demand a pretty big contract, whether they sign him to an extension this summer or whether they make him go to restricted free agency. Uh, But Pat just hasn't been good enough for a top-five pick. Io was a solid second-round pick, but he's not fucking moving the needle for this team. Yeah. Jalen Terry, we don't know anything yet. It's been fun to watch him play. You called him a bright spot. I would call him the only reason to watch the team. And I don't even know if he's been that good. Like, he's got... He tries hard. He is so raw. He has so far to go. So, this season is lost. The team fucking sucks. You might as well just play Jalen Terry the rest of the year. Uh, I would prefer that over like trying to pick up Kevin Love and gunning for the number 10 spot in the play-in tournament. Like, who gives a shit? This season's over. This team blows. You might as well see what you have in your number 18 overall pick. But the early returns from him are not particularly encouraging because he can't get on the floor for a team that sucks. So does our Terrace Chovis have a good eye for talent? I would say right now the answer is no. 
And yeah, he's done some good things. Guess what? John Paxson and Gar Foreman did some good things too. Any idiot can do some good things by sort of just the spin of the wheel and luck. Sometimes things are going to work out for you. What kills me about this team is there's no creativity. There's no ambition. And they're just fucking lazy. And it drives me crazy. So I really think, Jason, this is as bad as it's ever been. The Boylan era was more humiliating. That was more <laughs> like a black eye on the city and on the franchise. But there's almost, this is just as hopeless. I don't know if there's less hope, but there's an equal amount of no hope in this current iteration of the team. Because all you have is a bad team as your draft pick. They mortgage the future to build a bad team. And yeah, they still owe another pick after this one. They still yeah. owe another pick top eight protected to the Spurs in 2025 for a guy who was a free agent in DeMar DeRozan. AK lost every single negotiation. And he's shown no ability to pivot off this. So is our tourist kind of show us a smart guy? Does he have a sharp eye for talent? To me right now, those the answers to those questions are a resounding no. And this dude badly needs to pivot to try to get the bulls trending in the right direction, whether that means, you know, going down on purpose. My big concern is that he's going to trade the 2027 pick this off season to try to save this rebuild or try to save this iteration of the team when nothing is saving this team. So it's a really bad time to be a bulls fan right now. Uh, and you just wish there were consequences for it. There's not going to be. I wonder, like, is Billy Donovan going to get fired over the offseason? Probably not. There's almost no way Karnaschovas gets fired. So, like, what are we doing? How are, how are they going to, you know, build a team that's at least respectable again? And there's not a lot of pathways for it. Like, their most likely scenario is to re-sign Vooch to too many years or too much money. Try to re-sign DeMar. Maybe you trade Zach. I don't know what you do with Pat, but like that core is not winning you anything. Well, it's not winning you a playoff series. And at this point, you mentioned the Wizards. The Bulls are a lot like the Wizards, but they're worse. Like the Wizards actually have probably better top end talent, more depth. The Wizards have their picks, right? They so, have Porzingis, Beal, and Kuzma as their top three. We have Levine, Vooch, and DeRozan. Like this team turned into the Wizards so quickly, and they have no ability to pivot or no creativity to pivot. It's pathetic. At least Kuz and Porzingis are in their twenties, <laughs> so they got that going for them. Um, in terms of like, is this the worst it's been since we started the pod? Like the double loss, like Celtics stuff. Like as you said, like that was so humiliating. But at least that was like, you know, they're bad, but they're young and bad, and like there's some young flashes. And like you said, they still have their picks. So it was like, and it was kind of funny. Like Boylan was awful, but also kind of funny to just laugh at. There's like nothing to even laugh at right now. Uh, they're, just, <laughs> they're just like boring and bad, which is just like the worst place to be in and out their draft picks. So that's just like not great. And you talk about so yeah, the roster construction and being lazy. The Lonzo thing, the Lonzo thing was terrible. I have said multiple times, I'm not going to change that. I think the vision initially was mostly fine we can talk about the vooch trade being too much and maybe not the right move but once you made that whatever mistake whatever you want to call it going and getting demar lonzo and crusoe i think that made sense the bulls were a good team at the start last season 
It made sense, even if the, whatever they gave it, like the asset management part of it was not poor or was was not good. But now, yeah, once that that has proven to fall apart with the Lonzo stuff, how do you not pivot to find a better point guard? How do you not make some other changes on the end of the roster with some of the bums that you mentioned? How do you not bring in more shooting to this team? Uh, I mean, again, just like those the, the, the lack of sh- the shooting stuff. And I, I think the one the Bulls finally started shooting better, I think, against the Pacers and they still lost. But uh, the lack of three point shooting has been a problem. We knew it was going to be a problem. It was a problem last season. It's a problem this season and nothing done to address it. Um, there's too many guys that are similar. Not enough. It's not enough wing depth. Not there's no like backup, real backup like power forwards. Uh, you, I mean, you have four centers on the team, and like one of them you trust to actually play, and then one of your backup centers is actually like a six five skinny dude. Just the roster construction's a mess. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Even if Lon's like setting aside the Lonzo thing, which obviously hurt the actual ceiling of the team, just the floor of the team is just made so much worse by the inactivity and all and just the complete lack of any type of moves and stuff like that. So it's like just do your job, do something, make realize you need to make some changes. And again, I don't want to put it all on the front office because I do think ownership is probably playing a role here and handcuffing and constraints, but even setting that aside, I mean, the stuff, the stuff that's come out of AK's mouth has just been stupid of late as well. Just like this, the three point shooting stuff where he's like, you know, well, we make a good percentage of them. We just uh, like we don't whatever we don't generate enough. It's like, well, that's obviously still a huge problem. And 
then it, right after that happened, they started making like none of them shooting like 20% from three over four or five games. So that just blew up in his face. So it will be interesting to see just like how like this should be like, again, you could argue that he could be fired. It's, it's not happening. So how does he pivot? You can, you cannot sell running this team back to this fan base. And like, again, preying on the Lonzo miracle. But then where do you go? And it does seem just more and more that the hope is that you need to get as good of odds as possible and hope you keep the pick. But again, like that's, I mean, if you, if they, what are they, are they seven right now? Right. Seventh worst record. Of course. Yep. There's probably their fucking destiny to get the, the seven. So that's what, like a five or 10% difference if they were seven versus five. So it's like, it, that's, that's also it's so much just like, whatever. It's just like a total, whatever. There's just apathy. No one cares. I mean, I find myself, not turning it tuning into all a lot of these games now like i follow them i i, I interact with people on twitter about them. i tweet about games but like am i glued to the tv for all these games no i'm just it's starting to not care again because they're not it's just not that enjoyable to watch it's often so predictable with well they build a huge lead and they fucking fall apart or they have a lead going in the fourth quarter and they just completely clam up and fall apart there's just been too much predictability with these choke jobs throughout much of the season these huge blown leads they've blown like four or five games i think 20 plus leads it's something like that it's like three or four that i think they set some or tied some type of record for most like 20 point leads blown some weird shit they set a they tied a record or set a record for it was like lowest three point percentage like for a, a certain amount of attempts over a certain amount of games something i don't have the exact like whatever stats in front of me but just hitting new lows and it's just like it's not fun to watch and when you don't have the, the young stuff to really be excited about either it just makes it even worse so it's just like where do we go from here what are we doing here how do we, how do we get out of this malaise like it's 2023 it's just like what what is the next like good bulls team gonna be and i feel like it's gonna take some some serious creativity ambition some luck to turn this thing around um and right now it just seems like a, a next good really good bulls team seems so far away which is a bummer because again, like they were legitimately fun to start last season. They were 39 and 21. I, this time a year ago, the Bulls were 39 and 21 after 60 games. Uh, it was legitimately a lot of fun. Obviously, the thing, season fell apart in the regular season. They lose in the playoffs. But now here we are, 26 and 33, 59 games in. Seems like they're good a chance, probably a better chance than that, that they missed the play in tournament. And then we'd have to hope for lottery luck. And then if they, but if they do lose the pick, then it's just like you don't even have a pick, to, a young, a good young player to add. Vooch is hitting free agency. And like Vooch gave an interview the other day to Hoops Hype, Mike Scotto. Uh, and he was like, you know, like, like I'll, you know, like I'll think about it. I liked it here, blah, blah, blah. I think about it, but like, you know, I have to think about winning. And like, why would Vooch stay here unless the Bulls like drastically overpay him? So like that's getting in a situation where it's are the Bulls going to overpay to keep Vooch? I mean that'd be a horrible decision. I guess you could argue like if you could keep him to trade him, but I'd rather I'd honestly almost rather lose him for nothing than like giving him like a three big three or four year deal. I don't know what his market's exactly going to be like, but uh, maybe you could work out a sign and trade. But and then you have the Demar situation, you got the Zach situation, and it's uh, Demar's value is going to be much lower. He's we find out he's been playing through a hip injury for like two months. He's been playing like 40 minutes a game almost on this hip injury. And just like, why? What why is this happening? Uh Zach will obviously Zach's got so much time left in his contract where I, you can still get really good value for him in the coming years, I think, on a trade. Uh he, he hasn't changed that much. His overall numbers are still about the same. We know he's got we know he's flawed. 
We know he's not that number one guy. He just does not have that in him in crunch time. Too many bad decisions, but he's still a really good player. Still has a lot of value, but it's just like, where do they turn from here? It just does seem it's the future seems the team, the current, the current, the present is bleak. The future seems bleak. Uh, then I would love to see Patrick Williams and Dale and Terry get more opportunities and not just minutes wise, just the offense and the offense. Dalen is a ball, a raw bundle of energy, as he said, but he is so raw. I mean, what was it? I think it was the Pacers game where he, he, I think he took two shots and airballed. Like there was a lot being made of Dalen. Or what was that? Or was that a couple games ago where he like came in and that was the magic game where he like showed some energy and like the, like the bulls were basically half asleep, but Dalen had some energy. That was nice. Pacers game. He got some minutes. I think he airballed both his three pointers that he took just like not even close. Did put up a nice 13, seven, six stat line yesterday. And basically would, Yesterday, almost I didn't. I was not able to watch most of yesterday, or basically all of yesterday's game. I was at seeing Ant Man, but just looking at some highlights, the box score. It seemed like yesterday was almost like a G League. Just like last game before the All Star break, Bucks key starters out on both teams. Just like it was just like a total whatever game. And so like Dalen, great to see him do well, uh, but still obviously so much way to go there. So it's like you have a couple okay young players, but you don't have much draft capital. You have some older veterans. You might lose your pick this year. And it's just like, so it's like, where the fuck, what do you do with this? It's, I don't get it. There's no upside on the entire team, Jason, and it's really bad. Uh, In 2018, I wrote a column of Bloggable with the headline, the Bulls have no plan, no goal, and little hope. With a picture of Jabari Parker at the (laughs) image on the story. No plan, no goal, and little hope. Well, I think they have a goal now. Their goal is to be the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference, which is the most pathetic goal in professional sports. Uh, They have no hope because they likely don't have their draft pick. They don't have any good young players on the roster. They do not have any, uh, you know, any ability to try to pivot from this. And it just sucks. And, you know, I wonder, like, when we were really rallying against that era of the Bulls, what sort of changed it? It was the lack of attendance. And I pull up the attendance numbers this year, and the Bulls are currently number two in the NBA in attendance behind the 76ers. If you're a Bulls fan in Chicago and you've tried to go to a game this year, you know, it's very expensive to attend a Bulls game, even on the secondhand market. There's a huge demand for tickets still. Jace, if they bring back this team next year, or if they bring back like a way worse team, is the attendance going to dip? I think so, because you can feel it in the streets, the internet <laughs> streets, and those Twitter city. streets. People are fucking disgusted with this team. The national media thinks the Bulls are once again a gigantic fucking embarrassment, just as they were under Jim Boylan. When Zach Lowe was trying to talk about the Bulls on his podcast, he just like grunted and moaned for like 10 seconds, and then it was over. He didn't even say anything. He just kind of like sighed, deep, deep sighs. And that's sort of where the Bulls are at right now. So I think they're going to feel it in the attendance next year. If they bring back this team next year, unless we get a report that like Lonzo Ball is at peak physical condition and that Lonzo <laughs> Ball is primed for an all-star season, I mean, there's almost no way that happens, right? After he misses like nearly 20 months, he's going to go without playing professional basketball. 
Like, it would be pretty hard to believe that Lonzo is going to come in and totally rescue this thing. I mean, I feel like it, whenever, whatever, if he does come back and play next year, there's no way he plays back to backs, right? Like, no chance. He'll definitely almost certainly rest for those. He probably might be on a minutes restriction. So, yeah, almost. I mean, at this point, you have to expect that Lonzo will probably never be his peak self again. I mean, maybe he is. We've, there's obviously been a lot of advances in medical and stuff like that. And we've seen guy, I mean, we saw KD is still at the peak of his powers when he's healthy. I mean, he gets hurt all the time now too, though. Like as good as he plays when he's healthy, like he still gets hurt all the time. And you have to wonder if that's stemmed from just the, the whatever the Achilles and then the stuff that's going on. So it's like, there's just no reason to expect Lonzo would ever be like a completely healthy. I mean, he's never been in his career. He's hurt ever, almost every year. Uh, but there's, so there's no reason to expect him to be a consistent, reliable whatever 60 to 70 game player because it's just like never really been a thing with him like he's always he's been good he's been shown a lot of promise but he's always misses time and now he's missed he's gonna be missing a year and a half um so you, you just can't you can't rely on that at all because even if he does come back and he plays limited minutes and he does help you like in, in a limited role like you can't rely on him as your starting point guard moving forward it just can't happen it'd be it'd be malpractice to do that like and they desperately, can't do it, so. they desperately need a point guard because they don't have one on this roster. Yeah. You can't let Io right. be the starting point guard next year. No, he's not good enough. I mean, he's no. like he could probably be your ninth or tenth man, but he's not good enough to be a starter. Okay, they yeah. also have no Definitely. wing depth on the entire team. Yeah, and they have no shooting. That's why the Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith trade would have been really good for them because they would have got two solid starters for one All Star, and it would have helped sort of rebalance the team. Was that trade on the table for the Bulls? We'll never know. But it should have been, hypothetically, if the Mavs were going to surrender that for Kyrie. And the Bulls had a huge head start on this. This is the other thing. People will say like, oh, well, what can Karnaschovas do after the Lonzo injury? Dude, Lonzo can't fucking walk up a flight of stairs. So (laughs) if his plan is to keep the team as it is, until Lonzo can come back and save the team, that plan sucks and is really dumb. But, like, take Kyrie and what happened with the Nets. So Kyrie demands a trade with, like, a week before the trade deadline. And two days later, they get a pretty good trade for him. They made that trade thinking Durant's going to be around. Durant then says, nah, I'm out too. And they make a good trade for Durant. The Bulls have had all year to plan for this team not being good enough and to try to find the best package. They could have acted way before the Nets acted because the Nets didn't know what their situation was until right before the All-Star break. And then they came back and they made two, you know, good deals. Were they great deals? No, but they were good deals for what they had to work with. So, like, why couldn't the Bulls do that? The Bulls had plenty of time to find a good deal. They had plenty of time to identify the issues with this team and to try to find solutions. And they just didn't work hard at all to fix it. So it's pathetic. And I just have no hope for this team moving forward. Because the front office sucks. The ownership sucks. The head coach is better than Jim Boylan, but that's not saying anything. <laughs> and this collection of talent does not fit together and does not work together. So... Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. The team was built around the partnership of those three players. At this point, after two full seasons, Jason, we have enough data to say that that partnership does not work. 
and that they cannot bring those three guys back next year and expect different results. If they bring those three guys back together next year, they are going to get the same results. Yep. I tweeted, I can't remember after which game I tweeted. I was looking at the numbers. And between this season and last season, because those three guys, I know Zach was missed some time last year, and obviously DeMar has been hurt now, but like those three guys have played a lot of minutes together over the last two years. I mean, uh, and it was something like 2,300. This was after, I think, this was a couple games ago. Um, I don't know if it's changed. I can't remember if this was like before DeMar got hurt. or It's around here, though. It was like, What I tweeted was, it's been like 2,300 minutes in the last two seasons with those two guys. Their plus minus was literally fucking zero. The, mo- the most mid big three you can ask for. That's a lo- That's a huge sample size of a zero plus minus. Uh, so that's all you need to know. Like if your your three top guys play together twenty three hundred minutes and your plus minus is zero in those minutes, that means you're just not good. You're just not good enough. Uh, I know. Again, we could talk about Lons all you want, and they're the that like their four man lineup with Lonzo when he did play last year was better, but like. There's always going to be moving parts. Guys will get hurt, and you can't rely on Lonzo now. So, but those three together—that's that's consistent. That's a huge sample size of those three top guys. Your three, your three all former all stars, all stars, whatever you want to call them, together. And that's a plus minus of zero. It's mid. It's not good enough. Uh, and yeah, you got you. You have to make some changes there. Whether it's letting Vooch walk, you try to get something back in a sign and trade. Uh, Trade Demar, trade Zach, whatever you want to do. You just can't. You can't bring this core back again. You got to try something different, and you obviously got to cycle through the rest of the roster as well. You got to add shooting. This is why, like, is like a, this is why, like, I was upset about whatever they brought back Javante and Derrick Jones Jr. I like both of those guys in a vacuum, and J- Javante also has. Uh, where the hell's up? What's up with his knee? He injury? killed Javante. Like, is he going on the medical Alonzo? Yeah, like they said two. They said over a month ago that he'd be reevaluated in two weeks. Woj said it'd be a month. That he thought he could be back in a month. I'm pretty sure he's not running yet, or at least, like as of last week, Billy said he wasn't running yet. So, like, well, we've heard that before. But this is why I was upset that they brought back both Javante and Derek Jones Jr. It's just like the same kind of guy. They're both like undersized fours or fives that try their ass off. They're athletic. They're like they're fun. Like whatever. I like them individually as players on this roster. Bringing back both of them made no sense. You needed a shooter in one of those spots. It's why when you have all these centers and and, and like no point guards. Yeah, and you have no wings. Like you have all you have a bunch of point guards, but they're not actually point guards. They're not good. Goran Dragic has been awful for two and a half months since that good start of the season. He stinks. He's terrible. He's washed, which is what we thought at the start of the year. Drummond has had some good games, but he's also a goofball. What was it? I think it was the Cavs game. Missed a straight up fucking easy dunk, and that helped turn the tide of that game. And he has games where he turns the ball over four or five times in 10 minutes. Like, you can't trust him. Billy didn't trust him for a long time. Marco and Tony Bradley can't play. So it's like you have all these guys that can't play. Uh, so there's so much that work that needs to be done all over the roster. So they, I mean, you need to just take a freaking cleaver to this roster this off season, but will AK do it? I, who knows? He has done it before. So maybe he will actually do it again. Maybe he could, he could sell it to ownership. Well, well, I'm going to save money this way. <laughs> and, uh, obviously they might take us take a step back but i mean you can't take much more of a step back from unless they go full rebuild which i, I don't know if ownership will do the full rebuild but um there's it can't be much worse than what's happening right now uh and it might give the, your team a better better look at the future so lottery luck James. So, yeah. i think it's gonna save the bulls otherwise they are deeply deeply screwed and whatever you do our tourists don't trade any more future draft picks because uh i was down with the idea at the time if the Bulls could have just like, you know, 
been a solid playoff team, win a series once or twice with this core. I would have been happy. I would have said this yeah. is a fun team to watch. Fun team. Well, again, I think you but put you this core pivot. together if you yeah, you do if you do that with this core, the the I think the goal was to get back to relevancy, you win a playoff series, maybe two, and then you figure out a way to then use this core to then jump up to the next. Obviously, that fell apart. It's just not going to happen. So now you have to pivot. That's definitely the point. Uh, I, I we didn't even mention this real quick though about just like pivoting and like trades and stuff. The Caruso stuff. I've read there was stuff like Zach Lowe had uh, out there about Caruso, like how the Warriors really wanted him. There were more stuff about other teams wanting him. I'm really curious what the Bulls had on the table there. The Bulls easily probably could have gotten a good amount for Caruso right now, and they didn't. Caruso, I think I saw an interview with him that said he like didn't even expect to be traded. I mean, the Bulls, I think the point was the Bulls just never thought about selling. Based on what AK has said and based on reports out there, they literally never thought about selling. They, the entire time, have never thought about selling. It's all been trying to get into the plan or maybe the top six. Selling has just not been on the table. And that just kind of goes back to this just... Everything we've talked about, it's just they're they're totally fine, just kind of trying to be this mediocre team and kind of getting sneaking into the playoffs and seeing what happens. Uh, and now it's all blowing up in their face. They're 26 and 33. They're out of the plan. Uh, unless they really, really turn things around, they're going to miss it. And then we'll see what happens to the lottery picks. So that could probably do it for us here. Like looking ahead here, we obviously are in the all star break. It is all star weekend. So we got all the all star stuff going on this weekend. Um, Io will be joining. I'm assuming, I think DeMar is still playing in the all star game. Io will also be, be, he's a rising stars replacement player. Uh, so good for Io. He'll get a nice trip to Salt Lake City instead of going on vacation. I think he was joking about some plans that he had that got ruined because of this, but good for Io. Um, so a couple Bulls will be in Salt Lake City for the events. And then the Bulls then do not play again until I believe it's next Friday. Uh, against the Nets at home, which just the game got booted from ESPN. It was supposed to be on ESPN, but I think KD might be making his son's debut that night against the Thunder. And I think that game might be getting that slot instead. So Bulls off national TV when they come back. We'll see what happens with the buyout market. Uh, I feel like signs are pointing to Russ going to the Clippers. I know it seems like he's talked with some teams. Like, I don't know why Russ would even want to sign here unless like the Bulls just promise him like, here you go. Here's the starting point guard spot. Play 30 some minutes a night and do whatever you want because we suck anyways. Like maybe then he would do take that just to try to showcase himself. But like the Bulls are way under 500. Why would he pick the Bulls over the Clippers or the Heat if they're actually interested or even the Wizards? Like he played for the Wizards before the Wizards are on the upswing. Like that was the other three teams interested. So like, I don't know why he, he would sign with the Bulls. Maybe he still does because of the Billy connection, but uh, and then there's like John Wall, who cares? He's washed. Patrick Beverly, Chicago guy. At least he has some dog in him. He stinks, but at least he has dog in him, which the Bulls do not have. Uh, so like we'll oh, see what Kevin happens Love. if they sign anybody. What's that? Kevin Love. You did mention Kevin Love. I mean, what Kevin Love's not gonna do anything. He's a good shooter. I know his shooting has been down, but I think he was dealing with an injury. I mean, the Bulls don't have a backup power forward. Uh their starting power forward should be their backup power forward, probably. Was, Pat's been he, Pat's been fine, but he's he's not a good starter right now yet. Defensively, yes. Offensively, no. I don't, none of these guys will probably make, will make a difference. None of these guys are changing the trajectory trajectory of this team. So it's like a total whatever at this point. So that's what's coming up. Um, not sure when we'll be back. Maybe we'll do a pod next week before the Bulls come back. Maybe we can get a guest on and talk about this stupid ass team. But we will see. Happy All Star break, everybody. Take some time off in the Bulls. God knows we all need it. It'll be nice to not have to really have any Bulls games to ruin our evenings for the next week or so. So 
Everybody enjoy the all-star festivities. That's going to do it for us here in this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, great coverage all across the network. And with all-star weekend coming up, there'll be some good coverage. And with the break, um, listen to all those great pods. We have baseball coming up too as well. Spring training starting. NFL offseason will be coming up here after the Super Bowl. Um, and that's that for us here at Cash. Uh, rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. So, again, happy all-star break, everybody. The Bulls suck. It's sad. Talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.